This is For The Win, a podcast on sports and sports culture. I'm Eddie Sun, the multimedia editor for Annenberg Media Sports, as well as the producer of this podcast. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to For The Win. I'm Christian Colmenares and I'm here with Natalie Joseph, Trace Tempesta, and Sydney Rocket. And let's get today's episode started with a question that supersedes time. How much do superstars matter in the NBA today? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. And something we've seen more than any other sports, major sports league, is that superstars are irreplaceable in the NBA. We've seen it with LeBron and Anthony Davis, their first year linking up is a bubble championship. We've seen it with James Harden in the Brooklyn Nets this year and their uh, projected favorite standings. And just like that, we're seeing it's all about having a top 10 player. That's been the recent trend of the modern NBA player empowerment season. And you basically, from what we've seen historically, like in recent history, you can't win an NBA championship without a top 10 player in the league. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Trace on this one. I feel like each team, if you want to at least have a chance of getting in the playoffs or NBA championship, you have to have at least two or three superstars. Like, obviously, Lakers have AD and LeBron and the uh, Knicks, on the other hand. I mean, sorry, the Nets, on the other hand, just created their super team because they're desperate for a championship. So, yeah, superstars do matter or the Nets wouldn't have done what they did. So, they obviously do matter, but I still got the Lakers winning. Just have to throw that in there. Uh, I I have to agree. I mean, at this point, if you don't have one or two, you're kind of out of the running. I think we've seen that with a lot of teams. That's why a lot of teams have been consistently in the finals. A lot of consistently won. But I also think this past weekend has kind of showed the importance of also having a, at least a decent team around those superstars. Because you can't really just throw in one LeBron or throw in one Steph Curry and imagine everything's going to go okay. You kind of have to have at least, like, I don't want to say mediocre team around them. But you have to have at least not a laughable team around them or else you have the Golden State situation that we're seeing right now. So as much as those superstars are super key, if you don't have at least people that can dribble around him, I, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I think, you know, there's a bare minimum of needing at least two superstars if you really want to contend for a championship. And I'll use that Warriors situation as an example. I mean, you have Steph Curry averaging 40 points per game in his last five games, and they're still out of playoffs. I mean, they are 10th seed right now, but my God, that team is far, far away from championship contention. But with Clay back, it would be a different story. So I think there's a minimum of needing at least two superstars now if you want to win a chip. I'm going to go back to what Natalie was talking about, how a team needs at least two superstars. I just want to say LeBron had no, like he was the only superstar when he first went back to the Cavaliers. And like, obviously he had Kyrie, but Kyrie was not a superstar. LeBron made Kyrie. And like, Ooh. so I feel like you could, you need two superstars unless you're LeBron James. I feel unless like. Unless you're LeBron James. <laughs> unless you're LeBron James. <laughs> yeah, I don't even that think. That man is a living asterisk. <laughs> that he is. But I, I don't know if he's an asterisk in this situation because I really think Kyrie's a superstar. And he, the one champ championship they have he lit up the finals and I really couldn't see LeBron winning it without him 
And same that with, is 100% true, but do you think that without LeBron, Kyrie would have been able to do that himself? Oh, absolutely no, not. No, nobody, his name would not be as big as it is if LeBron was not on that team, if LeBron, if it wasn't like Kobe, I mean, sorry, LeBron and Kyrie, you know? Yeah, but, That's what you I'm know, to say. It, we're acting like a Kyrie is an averaging 28 a game this year. But you could argue at that point when they won the finals that he was making the team at least a little bit decent. Like he was making, he wasn't necessarily the superstar, but he ensured that the team didn't completely suck. Like Kyrie at that point wasn't the Kyrie we see now. So you could kind of argue that he wasn't necessarily a LeBron, but he kind of ensured that that team stayed consistently good. He did. I have a lot of respect for Kyrie. But I was just going back to your point when you said a team needs two superstars. But I was like, but LeBron, he only had himself. Well, I don't think Kyrie was a superstar in that point, but that's just me. (laughs) Yeah, there's important roles to be played, like, outside of just the stars. Now, here's one thing, is there are some teams this year who could totally dismantle our superstar theory. If you are a Utah Jazz fan or if you are a Phoenix Suns fan, you are banking on the narrative that a good team with solid players, like maybe stars in the making and Donovan Mitchell and Devin Booker, but they're not top 10 guys in the NBA. They're not a Kawhi Leonard. They're not Steph Curry. They're not Giannis. They're not Harden. They're not Durant. They're not LeBron. But you're banking on continuity. So if you're rooting for an underdog story and if you want to dispel the narrative that you need superstars to win in the NBA, root for the Jazz and the Suns. Those are your teams this year that if they win, they could totally change the landscape of how we evaluate teams. And I'll tell you right now, I think those two teams are regular season teams written all over them. Because as we've all said in the past seven minutes, the superstars matter too much, if anything. You're not going to give them a chance? Not going to give them a chance, unfortunately. I think one of them could get to the Western Conference Finals if they're lucky, but I, I feel like... Both the Jazz and the Suns have second round exit written all over them. Shut them down. Shut them down. Shut. <laughs> <laughs> it's Sorry, look, it's Phoenix tough. Fans. It's Sorry, tough out Utah here for fans. the small market teams. But um, you're not going to give them their moment for like a one seed, for a two seed, for a, a little first round home court advantage type thing. Look, they deserve a chance. Hey, I'll, I'll tip my hat. I'll tip my hat to both teams because they've been amazing during the regular season. I just think that's as far as their success will take them this year. But moving on to a team that also lacks a superstar presence, we're talking about the Minnesota Timberwolves. They canceled their game yesterday as well as other Minnesota franchises after uh, the shooting of Dante Wright, who was a young black male who was accidentally killed um, in a police firing, apparently. And um, what are your guys' opinions on the Timberwolves and other Minnesota sports franchises franchises canceling their games yesterday? I feel like they have the right to do that because there's so much going on out there right now. And it was like, I feel like the players have a lot going on. The city just has a lot going on. And they're trying to make a point, like, we're not going to play if you, if the police, if police brutality is still happening, if there's no justice. 
But my thing is like, yeah, we can, you guys can still keep on canceling games, but like, is that point being made? I feel like, yeah, you're going to cancel a one or two games here, just like they did in the bubble over summer, but it's just like time passes and then the cycle continues. So it's like, is progress being made? Is your point being made by canceling all these games? Yeah, I almost, to me, I mean, it just seems almost like the NBA is kind of pandering to this audience at this point. Like they know that people care about this issue now and a lot more than they did before. And so the fact that they're, oh, we'll cancel the game now and this has been going on for how many years kind of feels a little inconsistent to me. And I mean, props to them for canceling because yeah, it does take money away from the franchise, takes money away from the NBA just because you're not playing. But at the same time, the fact that you're just canceling it now and maybe you'll just keep canceling them when they keep happening, it just kind of seems inconsistent. It doesn't seem like a solution. I feel like there's not a lot the NBA can do in this case. Because, for example, what if the Minnesota Timberwolves did nothing? What if they just played and they did like a little thing pregame, but they decided it wasn't enough to deter the game? I feel like that would be an even worse look than canceling the game and not doing much off of that. So I feel like you need to make a statement somehow. And whether or whether or not it's like ultimately super effective I feel like that's out of the NBA's control. Now, one thing that a league can do to make an impact on the political climate, and I think a great example of that, is how the MLB moved the All-Star game away from Georgia after voting suppression laws were enacted. I feel like that's a way where, yes, you have to deal with the financial ramifications of that, but if you really value making a political statement, there is a way for sports teams to get involved. Yeah, I I really care about, like, if if these franchises and organizations are for real about uh, their intentions and whether they truly care or not, like, are they going to put their money where their mouth is? Um, obviously, a horrible, unfortunate situation. And I, I just feel horrible for everyone involved. But at the same time, the Minnesota Timberwolves aren't the Brooklyn Center Police Department, um, you know. They're not, I don't have too high of standards, I guess, for what they should do. So I thought canceling the game was appropriate. Um, And I just, yeah, I guess I personally would like to see more social activism from these corporations, not just canceling a game, but like perpetually making an effort to shine a light on this, not just when it happens. And to really, I guess, hone in on... um, I I would love to see a uh, organization kind of criticize the training that goes into becoming a police officer because that's really what's at question in this shooting specifically because I don't know if you guys have seen the body cam footage but apparently the officer mis- mistook her gun as a taser and she meant to tase him and I find that pretty ridiculous that that could even happen. And apparently this is not a one-off instance. This has happened before throughout different police departments. So, you know, I I would love to see, uh, and this is just me speaking purely out of idealism. I would ideally love to see a corporation shine a light on that and like really criticize maybe the police department and the training that they offered and like actually really care about the issue rather than just doing a blanket sort of action. Yeah, well, you make an interesting point as in like, 
is the canceling of the games showing that maybe there's progress to like larger statements being made? Because I mean, a few years ago, I can't imagine them, you know, canceling a game every time a shooting of an unarmed black man happened. Like, I just can't imagine that. And so I wonder if this shows that maybe like, do players have more of a say in this now? Is the league maybe changing their mind? Are they becoming more open to this? Are they paying more attention to it now? I don't know. I mean, I hope it's moving in that direction, but you can't really tell. I mean, they're a huge, you know, corporation, so they're going to do what is best for them, and you just can't expect, I guess, too much from them. Yeah, I think it does point to going into the right direction, and I think it, you know, the NBA has this identity for being the most progressive American sports league, and I think it's important for them to keep that identity, and by in order to keep that, they have to do things like this, which is really where I question the intentions. Um, but nonetheless, it's a good identity to have. Uh, being the most progressive league and kind of being out there as social activists is, it seems like, almost the bare minimum right now. And it's sad that I'm happy with the bare minimum, but if we compare to the NFL, I guess the MLB just moved their all-star game, as uh, Trace mentioned before, but... Um, you just don't see many leagues and corporations like this, I guess. And like you said, the NBA is the most progressive, and I just wonder how far they're going to push their their buttons. Are they going to do more? Are they going to do more than cancel these games? Because as we see right now, canceling games has like honestly, it's they're they are they are using their platform. That's really great, but it's just like, are you going to do more? Like, what's the next step? Is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, and um, a lot of unfortunate things this week and um, very heavy topic. And also an unfortunate thing happened um, with Jamal Murray. Uh, Maybe not the same social impact, definitely not the same social impact, but Jamal Murray, um, two NBA fans, um, sadly tore his ACL. And I feel like this brings up the conversation was this NBA season too rushed? Did we start it too early? What What do you guys think? I feel like the NBA players were kind of screwed over in two different ways. First of all, it was a rushed offseason. The offseason this year was only 72 days after the bubble. That's the shortest ever. And to put that in perspective, the next closest is like 134 days. So you can see the dramatic ramifications of having such a short offseason. I know why they did it. It was from revenue projections. They realized that if they had to cancel their Christmas Day game slot, they would lose about $500 million. So it was clearly a financial motive, but it sucks for the players. And that's one element. The second element is that the season, so not only are they rushing the off season, but then the season they're rushing into is incredibly crammed. They're scheduling 72 games in four and a half months. That hurts the players. So when these injuries happen, I think it's fair to point a question at the NBA because they knew these injuries were coming. With such a rush from the offseason and the regular season, there's a lot that's going to go wrong. And I think this is just the most recent case. Yeah, I agree with Trace 100%. This, the NBA has been rushed since the bubble. They had to rush the playoffs, rush the finals. Everything is rushed. And when that was over, you got, you got to give these players a break. Like, they're over here playing games every other day. They're older. They have to have their ice bath. You have to have your uh, natural relaxation for your body. Your body just can't go, 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 go. You have to have a break. And their break wasn't long enough, and we're seeing that this season with all of the injuries that are happening. 
If you look at rosters on teams, there's most likely at least two players on the roster that are injured and not playing. So yes, I do agree that this season was rushed and they should have more time off. And But the NBA obviously is a business, so they're trying to make their money, which is unfortunate for the players, but business is business. Yeah, not to echo you guys, but I totally agree as well. Just having that bubble, which was already a stressful element and then that short off season compounded on that compounded with this really short 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 season it's kind of asking for injuries to happen I mean I can't even imagine like that what that turnover must be like for their bodies just to be playing all these games having to go through that whole switch around with the bubble and then go back to this like it's just kind of incredible that they're still doing this but it was interesting to me that like you said so many players are hurt around the league like it's been happening you know, since the season kind of started, but no one has really been talking about it until Murray got injured. Like it's only when kind of these big names, these stars on these teams are out that people are like, oh my gosh, like now there's two players on each team that's been hurt. Like what? So it's kind of, I mean, I hope that, no, I don't want him to be hurt, but I hope that what comes from him being hurt, that like publicity that he got is maybe people questioning, hey, maybe we shouldn't shorten this on top of everything else that's already happened yeah it's kind of miraculous that we've gotten this far into the season and we haven't had this conversation yet just from everything going on with this year i think the nba is trying to justify things by saying hey look we're reducing travel we're having these little regular season series where you play the team multiple times and you don't have to travel as much but that's clearly not enough to compound everything that we've talked about so far and obviously look at the strain of what's going on. I think it's kind of miraculous that we've avoided this major injury question until now. Yeah, I I do find it a bit weird that it was Jamal Murray tearing his ACL that kind of brought up this conversation because ACL tears happen all the time, you know, and... um, it just I find it weird that it took this. I do think the season was rushed, obviously. I feel like there's no denying that considering how quickly it started. Um, you know, uh after the pandemic pause season ended. So I do think it is a bit rushed. I'm sure it affected people. I just I really can't comprehend how like players had to work around training for like essentially a third of the time during the off season so I can only really imagine how that affected their bodies because I'm by no means a professional athlete and that's way out of my lane but for real like I I just think yeah it was a rush season I do find it weird though that it was Jamal Murray's injury and this late into the season 50 plus games for us to be like huh wait a minute did we rush it The answer is yes. But you can kind of see, like, the same thing happened in, I think, 2012 when Rose got injured. They had that shortened season, and that was, like, the injury that kind of led to, like, the downfall of his career, and here we are now, that I kind of feel like no one was talking about it until that happened, too. And so it's like, since this has happened before, it kind of makes this season and the injuries that have resulted from it even worse because it's like we've kind of been here before, and yet here we are again sacrificing these players to make this money that, like you said, the NBA is going to try and make, you know, no matter what. Yeah, you're right. Well, I think also the weird thing about that 2012 season was um, it was a lockout year, so they actually had more time um, 
So, but I do remember the conversation was very similar and it took sort of a superstar injury for the conversation even get brought up. I feel like for this year, maybe the conversation could have even began with LeBron's injury. I mean, isn't it kind of odd that like anytime LeBron gets injured, we should ask a question because we're like, what the heck? This guy is Thanos. So how is he getting hurt? Something obviously has to be wrong. I think we should have brought the question up earlier because like that's a red flag is this guy is invincible. So if he's getting injured, something must have gone wrong. I agree with you, Trace, but I don't agree with you because he's so old. So it's like he's he going so to get old. injured because of his age. I mean, he's aging Thanos. So I would he's even I would say Thanos. like I would say AD's injury over Bronze because AD is significant. Yeah, I'm, I don't want to call thing, him that old, like, but like he's younger than Bron. But Bron is he's a little elder, so I feel like that's why that's he's a little injured, a little elderly. <laughs> But even AD's kind of injury prone, you know, like I, it didn't raise too many red flags when I heard that. I, I'm looking at an injury list right now and the people who've missed most games like Clay Thompson, Kevin Love, Kevin Durant in recent years, Anthony Davis, sort of D'Angelo Russell. These people are no strangers to injuries. Um, it's really when you get to LeBron James that you're like, wow. But even then... I guess the past two seasons, we have seen some minor injuries plague him. So, or not plague, that's a bit traumatic, but affect uh, the amount of games he's played. So um, I see where you guys are coming at. But that's all that we have for today, unless anyone else wants to add any other talking points. But if not, uh, this is Christian Colmenares, and always remember to go for the win. Thanks for tuning in to For the Win, and remember to stay tuned for new episodes.